Welcome to Bearing Not Broken. This is your host, Bonnie Ruth. I'm so excited about today's episode because I get to have a conversation with my sister-in-law, Nisi. She is one of the most fun, spunky people, and I'm so glad that not only do I get to call her sister-in-law, but she is my friend. And together today, we're going to navigate the conversation about living child-free. Nisi, I am so excited to have you here today. Um, One, because this is kind of a common area in our lives that we have shared that I never expected to be such a blessing in my life as, you know, our husbands are brothers. Mm -hmm. And um, to share this is like a very unique thing, even though our stories are very different. What I love is that we've been able to be there for each other in some hard conversations and some really like weird, hard moments. And most people don't have family to navigate that with. And so I'm just so blessed that you came into our family and that you, um, one, married Stephen because, <laughs> I mean, he needed you, girl. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I love Stephen to death, and you guys are just an amazing couple. So tell us a little bit about you. I know I know you, but I want the listeners to know a little bit about you and a little bit about you and Stephen. Well, um, I am 38 years old. I'll be 39 in December. And I am a pediatric special needs nurse. Um, And a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Stephen and I have been married. It will be four years this September. Wow. Um, And pretty much we are just living a life right now. Yeah. I I can't complain at all. Yeah. Um, We're still learning each other, but... It's good. Yeah. That never stops, by the way. I mean, (laughs) just to be honest, like 19 years in and just like a few weeks ago, we had a conversation and I was like, um, why did I never know that about you? (laughs) I know. Like, seriously? Like, am I a bad wife that I didn't know this? But no, it's like, it's always evolving. I think we're always evolving as people. So like there's, it's a never ending learning cycle, basically. You do. The longer you're with each other, you get, go into different phases of your life together yeah, and it's you true. learn yeah. you know different things because the older you get the you change yeah you it's change. true yeah you change your mind frame changes your body changes yeah. your everything that's good goes into different phases yeah. throughout your life so yeah that's good that's real talk things. right there <laughs> okay so you guys have been married for four years um tell us a little bit as a kid I know you had a diagnosis given to you and mm-hmm. I, I want to say up front, like, the one thing that I, well, okay, there's many things I love about you, but this one thing sticks out in this conversation, and that is that you've never let this diagnosis, like, define you. Mm-hmm. Now, it may have caused you to make different decisions or, like, forced you into things or even made you have different emotions and things that you've had to navigate, but you've never let it define you. And so tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, at the age of around 13, mm. I was diagnosed with a disease called Turner Syndrome. Wow. Um, for those who are not familiar, you can Google and it will tell you everything you need to know. But yeah. uh, for simple purposes, it's a chromosomal disease. Mm. And pretty much it affects the entire body. Mm. A big thing is the... 
bone formation and the reproductive system. Um, it causes a big, 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 big effect on those areas. And basically from the age of 13, they said, oh, you won't develop. Mm. Probably won't be able to have kids. Wow. Um, if you did, it wouldn't be um, the natural way. You would have mm. to have medical assistance. Yeah. And that was, I, I think, when I was, as a 13-year-old, you don't really understand. The, the weight of it. The weight of it. Yeah. Until you get older. Yeah. And you get to the point of dating. And yeah. you get to the point of getting married. Yeah. And yeah. You don't realize how heavy that weighs. It, yeah. I mean, when I was 13, it mattered none to me. I yeah. was like... Can I one? Can I yeah, one? Can exactly. I Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I live. I can do all that. I'm not dying, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you, um, nav- like, how did your mom navigate that with you? Because I think, like, that would be really hard for a mom to hear their 13-year-old daughter um, has had this diagnosis. You know, like, that's a hard thing to face. It was. I think it weighed harder on her yeah than it did me just yeah. because she understood she understood the weight she of it was yeah. The adult and yeah she understood yeah and I think in the beginning it was um mm. a race for time mm. like she she's like just how do we fix it yeah let's fix it yeah and I mean I had so much blood work done mm. um because my mom is also in the medical field, okay. um, she, it, it, I was having so much blood work done. She was drawing my blood at home. Wow. That, I, I mean, it, she was just like, what can we do to fix yeah, it? Yeah. She Let's wanted to fix it out. for you. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Yeah. And, um, even then at that time, I, it wasn't a very common diagnosis. Yeah. So they were unaware. They, they were just like, they didn't hey, have we're putting our hands up. We yeah. Don't, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So fast forward, like you get into high school, college, start dating. Um, at what point did it kind of start becoming a weight and you're like, whoa, this is real? Um, high school, college, it was, I think that that reality really started hitting because of the physical changes in my body mm. and um, what limitations I had and yeah. or... And the deformities that mm. came along with my diagnosis for wow. Turner syndrome. And I mean, as everybody knows, when you're in high school or when you're in college, everything yeah. is about appearance. Yeah. Everything is about how you look. Yeah. And you want to look your best. Yeah. And there were some things about my diagnosis that mm. didn't, I felt like at that time, didn't allow me. Mm. to look my best yeah and was always a um sensitive or self-conscious spot for me yeah so not only were you faced with a diagnosis that's like forever but now as a teenager and you're facing like insecurities that most kids don't understand exactly and you probably don't even fully understand so you can't even explain it and not that kids let you explain anything if we're being (laughs) honest they just come after you and so I think, like, that's a lot to carry as a teenager of not only just living with the physical limit. Because what people need to understand is when you get a diagnosis like this, it's not just like, oh, you can't have kids when you get older. Mm-hmm. It's There's literal physical, um, chronic things that you're dealing with. And, exactly. and navigating, there's pain, there's, like you said, there's 
I think you used, what, what word did you use? Like things that were limitations um, for you. And so like you're carrying that as a teenager. And not only do we not know how to deal with life period when we're a teenager, and we, everything is detrimental. Everything is detrimental. <laughs> it's like the world's falling <laughs> apart. And so I can't even imagine like how that felt. Um, and just knowing you and like what what this diagnosis has been as an adult, like I can't even imagine navigating that as a teenager. So how do you feel like um, let's like head into adulthood? Um, how do you feel like you kind of started just setting your mind set on what you're you're facing? I think probably in my mid-twenties mm. that was where my mind frame started to change. Okay. I started to get the mind frame of there's nothing I can do about this. Mm. I can accept it and move on mm. and make the best of it mm. or I can sit and wallow and yeah. it reached a point where I just decided yeah that pity party ain't fun no more. <laughs> it lasted as long <laughs> as it could yeah that pity party isn't fun anymore <laughs> and everyone around you was probably like thank god <laughs> yes oh, I mean friend. It, it, I still had it and probably to this day I still have in the back of my mind um yeah the scary parts about it because yeah. I mean there's a lot that came with my diagnosis mm. um organ failure yeah um a lot of different things that yeah. um you experience as you get older yeah that most people don't typically experience yeah. at that age yeah and you know it, it learning to deal with it and yeah. I just reached a point where I had to say okay Yes, these are things that could or maybe for sure will happen. Yeah. But I'll deal with those when I get to. Let's yeah. deal with things one at a time. Don't yeah. overwhelm yourself. Wow. Deal with everything as it comes. Yeah. And that's a that's a hard place to come to because there's a lot of fear wrapped around and I'm sure if I mean we're we're hopping around here in your story, but like let's be real. There's probably people and times and things that have occurred that have tried so hard to mark you with fear, with insecurity, with doubt, with with a brokenness, like in your barrenness, literally trying to break you. And, you know, we're it's barren, not broken. And the reason we call it that is because barrenness can try real freaking hard to break you. And other people in our journey, unfortunately... <laughs> can add some little bit of brokenness in our barrenness because they don't know how to navigate it. They don't understand. I don't, I, and you know, a lot of that, like I said, a big portion of, of my troubles came from just the physical aspect. Not mm. even, we're not even speaking about the barren aspect. Mm. That came later. Mm, that's a good point. And a lot of people, they don't even realize. You know, um, how many times does somebody come up to you mm. and say, well, you're not getting any younger. When are you going to have kids? Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or, you know, you've been married this long. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't y'all have kids? Yeah. Or when are you going to have yeah. kids? It's like, 
And people don't sit and think before they ask those questions because if you really think about it, anybody who wants kids, they put forth the effort. So if they don't, then there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason, and you might want to tread lightly. Whether it's it's either they deliberately don't Don't want want, kids or there's some issues there. That's that's an incredible point, and I think like... (laughs) It sounds like the most common sense we could ever speak of on here, but it's like the, like the thing that people say, (laughs) yes. And you're like, did you lose common sense when you saw me? And like, did did that even like remotely process through your mind, like at all to maybe don't ask that? No, it's, they don't think of it. They don't. And so I love that advice. Like, um, and I think for anyone, even for um, this community that are trying to conceive and walking through infertility and doing all the things to build their family, um, or even someone who's chosen to be child-free, which is what we're going to talk a lot about today, um, being able to navigate other people, even if it's similar story, like navigate the questions and think through them before you ask them. Yeah. You know, like just take a pause. Like you said, like that was think so logical, it. like oh, most people do want to have kids, so should I ask this question like this? You know, like, there's such a shaming sense of, like, why haven't you that comes in our culture. And I'm really hoping that this podcast empowers people who haven't walked through infertility or through haven't walked through um, things that would prevent them from having kids, whether single or married, that it will help them to navigate the the verbiage and how to speak to people and how it doesn't even matter if it's about this topic, Nisi. Like, let's be honest, the culture in our world, COVID, you've got the fight for injustice. Yes. Like, let's be honest, like we need to think before we speak. And you know, and that's a good example because especially with the the racial injustice that's yes. going on right now, people just are saying what comes to mind. Yeah. They're not thinking. Yeah. They're not thinking first. Yeah. Yeah. The first I agree. thing that comes to the forefront, they're just saying it. And yeah. they don't realize they it's it's it, I, I call it tunnel vision. They mm. don't see outside of That's good. their their view. Yeah. They don't and see outside of their view before they speak. That's an empowerful or that's a powerful statement right there like they don't see outside of their view before they speak girl that's good that's a whole nother that's a whole different podcast right there (laughs) like we just won't go down that path um but I do think it's important that we help educate our family and our friends and it sounds like for you not only were you having to do that um growing up with a disorder that you're having to explain or you feel insecure so then you don't tell anyone you isolate maybe there's so many layers to that and then you become an adult and now you're having to answer ignorant questions and navigate that but then at the same time still educating about what you're walking through physically and then now to add on when are you having kids questions so that's a lot to navigate um it's a lot to <laughs> To have to educate people in your world. I mean, that's got to be a bit exhausting of like... A constant teacher. Yeah, a constant teacher. That's what, yes. teacher moment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's good. Well, what I'm excited about today um, in talking and sharing our story together is that, you know, you're 38, almost 39. I turned 40 this year. And we're in that category where it's like we've walked through the things we have with our health. 
Um, we've both had chronic issues and we've had to navigate that. And I'm so glad that we can be sisters in that. But what I hope today that we can share is how we have chosen to live child-free in this season of our lives and still live like fulfilling, happy, beautiful lives. And even with saying that, it's like this collision of grief and joy. And we've had a few episodes about that on Barren Not Broken, and it's such a reality with this infertility barrenness journey, right? Um, For sure. It it, it's like a constant collision. It, it, I don't think that ever goes away. But you and I have come to a place where because of our health, we are choosing to live child-free in this time. One thing I do want to say up front, and we were talking about this before we started, is that choice can change at any moment. Like there's the power of choice in every woman, in every couple. And I hope today that even though we're sharing this aspect of our choice, that they're going to understand that there's power to choose and you have to be your own advocate. You have to choose what's best for you as an individual, as a couple. And if we don't, then we succumb to pressures and things that just cause there not to even be a collision of joy and grief. It's just grief. It can cause resentment. Yes. Also. Such it can resentment. Cause resentment. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I agree, you know, you have that power of change. This is our choice right now. Yeah. But is that gonna be the same choice two years from now? Exactly. Ten years from now? Yeah. Twenty years from now. Right. May not be. That's right. May That's right. Be. And I, I do hope listeners will hear that because um, I'm fully embracing my choice right now, but I don't ever want to be confined to today. I always want for myself and for other people to know that seasons ebbs and, ebb and flows. And with that, um, so do our choices. And you mentioned this earlier, like you grow and develop as a couple as life happens. And I think that our choices and our decisions and how we advocate for ourselves also grows and changes and develops as seasons of life happen in this area of being parents. And so, um, you know, I want to hear a little bit from you, like what, what conversations have you and Steven had to navigate to be at the decision that you're at right now? Um, the big conversations that we have had to navigate are, I mean, we first, when we first had the conversations about it, it was, do we want to have kids or not? Yeah. And we both said yes, that we did. Yeah. But then it turned into the conversation of, do you want to risk? Hmm. Is that worth the risk? Hmm. Because in having children, it meant my life. Yeah. My life or yeah the potential child's life. Yeah. So, do you want to risk that? Right. That's a big, loaded question. And the answer to that was an easy answer. It was a no. Yeah. But then that led to another question of, okay, do you want to adopt? Mm. Yeah. And that's not, that's not such an easy question. No. That's a very layered question. Yeah. Um, we had different views about it. Mm. Steven's mind frame was, 
I don't know how I don't know how I would deal with a child that was not mm-hmm. he's like I'm not saying I wouldn't love it yeah but I think it would be different for me or yeah. a little bit uncomfortable for me yeah taking care of a child that wasn't my yeah own yeah and that's like let's just be honest right there like there's always at least one spouse in this conversation around adoption that's facing that Right. And that's a real thing that we have to be okay with. And I think like, you know, going back to what silly things people say is like, well, why don't you just adopt? Okay. Well, oh, that's first of all, that's a whole that nother <laughs> podcast as well yes. of like, it's not just adopt. First of all, that's so disrespectful, not only for the couple, but for the child that they might be adopting. Like, what right. do you just, just adopt? No. There's so many layers to that and there's so much process to that, not just for the practical like logistics, but as a couple to navigate that decision, you are choosing a child's life to come into your story, into your home, and you have to be ready for that. You have to be ready for that for the child's sake. And I think naturally, it women and yeah. men think differently they about do. it. Women are nurturers. We, yeah. We, we are all for it. We, yeah. We don't, we, we are just, we just want to be there. We just want to help, love yeah. them and everything. Yeah. yeah. And men look at it like, okay, I'm bringing a stranger in. Yeah. And, and, and learning, there's, there's some truth to, to that. to love that yes. child. Yes. Whereas, there's no question about it yeah. on, on the female We have a little aspect. less learning. <laughs> <laughs> on the female aspect, yeah. we're all in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point of like, and it's okay because that perspective that, and usually it's men, but I think it also happens with, with women and sometimes it's reversed. So I want to be open to couples that like, maybe it's the, the woman who's feeling reserved. I think it's an honest conversation of like their perspective may be coming out of fear, but some of their questions are real and they need to be considered. And so I think like, there's so much to that, like you said, that that's not a, such a simple question to answer. And it may be one, at least for Jason and I, we've asked that question over the 19 years of being married. Like we've come back to that question and and we've kind of just left that for us just to throw it out there of we're not going to be closed off to it. Um, and if, if the situation or the timing and season Um, and it comes available to where we're like, okay, this is the right thing, then we're going to pursue it. But right now that hasn't been the case for us. And so, but again, going back to what you said, I think the phrase like that's not such an easy question. And it's probably one that's more ongoing. It's like you move from, okay, I physically can't have children to now it's like, do we want to choose this? But I want to, I want to throw something out there real quick. I want to throw out there that couples can even come to the decision that they don't even want to talk about that anymore. And it's okay. Exactly. Like, exactly. like everyone expects like, okay, Bonnie Ruth and Jason, just I just had a hysterectomy, so now we can't have our natural... Oh, so you're going to adopt. That's just automatic. That's you're just next, automatic. Right. Yeah. Or you're... No, do you want to use a surrogate? That. Well, I, I don't know, actually. That's kind of our next phase of questioning, but we may come to a place where we just say no to all of it, and that is okay. That is okay. There is something 
powerful about understanding that you have to choose what's best for you and whatever season of life you're in. And so for us right now, we are navigating the finality of a lot of decisions. And I think you and Steven have had to come to a lot of those conversations as well. And I want to hear more about that. Like you've come to that question. Steven shared how he's felt. And so you guys now like kind of what is your current state of like this is where we are? Our current state right now is that we're going to remain child free. Yeah. Um that may change later. Yeah. There's freedom um, in that. Right now, I don't see it changing in the foreseeable future, yeah. but neither of us are opposed. Yeah. Yeah. To it changing. Yeah. In the but future. you are embracing the fact that you're choosing to live child free. Exactly. Yeah. It's not I we don't see it as a punishment, mm. a sentence, That's a good. negative aspect. Yeah. We get to go and do what we want. Yeah. Yeah. We get to go and do what we want. Yeah, and that's so that good. And not that having children is a, a negative thing. No. That you can't, yeah. you know, just live freely yeah. as, you, as you would if you don't have children. But it's a different aspect of life. Yeah. yeah. And I think personally, just as women, we, we, are all, we all have that capability to embrace both. Mm, that's a powerful statement. That we embrace both. We love... Yeah. And enjoy being able to spend that one-on-one time with our significant other. Yeah. But when we move on to that next stage of life, mm-hmm. having children, yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way. Right. Yeah. We 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 move right into that next yeah. role of okay. Here's my yeah. life is different now. Yeah. I have to. My life is for my kids. I yeah. have to make sure that I have to have these things yeah. in order yeah. to make sure that my kids are okay. Yeah. And just move on. Just like yeah. I, I, I always say that everybody should look at life as a picture. Mm. Everybody looks at pictures of yeah. themselves right. over the years, from the mm-hmm. time they're a baby yeah. to their current age. And you see how you change and how you grow and what changes about you. Mm. It's a different stage of life. That's good. That's good. I love... And it's not meant for you to go back. Yeah. Oh, that's good right there. Like, the reality is, um, there's so much goodness in what you said. I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to go with that. Um, I think embracing a decision like living child-free, it's a very uncommon, it's a very unusual decision. One that's becoming more popular because of things like what you and I have faced. Um, But it's a powerful choice. And it's something that I hope, um, as it becomes more predominant and more people are more aware of the actual choice itself being okay, yeah. that they embrace the fact that like our lives are so fulfilled. Like, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm, I'm yesterday was week four in my recovery from my hysterectomy and it has been a very difficult physically, mentally, emotionally Um, journey to take and I'm not going to sit here and act as though there is not grief and there's not moments where I don't understand why this is my story I don't I I literally have no other answers outside of just like medical answers Um, and there's things that have tried to shake my faith and who I am and and my faith in God Um, and so this has not been like just a hunky-dory oh let's have a hysterectomy and now we're going to choose to live child free. 
And I know that your journey has not been as simple as just making that choice. And so what I want people to understand is there's power in the choice and it's okay, but also don't think that we just minimized our entire story and journey to make this one decision. This one decision is coming out of a lot of history. All the things you just said about the pictures, like every story, every decision, every medical diagnosis, every trip to the doctor, every hard conversation with our spouse, every hard conversation with our moms or our parents or our friends of like, this is where we are. Every time you had to experience someone being ignorant with their questions, like (laughs) all of that is what we've lived, the surgeries, the fear of your organs failing. I mean, like, come on, that's not a small thing that you have to experience to lead up to this decision. Like, it is not a small decision. And even, even I look at it from this perspective, too. Even take the medical aspect, of the reasoning of why yeah. you can't have children outside of, let's put that behind, yeah. let's say that's not present. Do it. There are some people mm-hmm. that... Yeah can be honest and have the re- and and understand the reality that yeah. some people are not um that's not the purpose yeah. in their life yeah. to have children. Yeah. That's not um their it's not their desire. That's not their role. Yeah. And when I say not their role, I mean they don't necessarily fit well in that role mm. of being a parent yeah and that's that's i'm so glad you brought that up yes a lot of so many people are not honest about Mm -hmm. that yeah how many times have you seen a story about somebody or knew somebody Mm -hmm. and said why does she even have kids Mm, that's why do they even have kids that's real this is ridiculous yeah yeah you know that's real and i think it's being real with it's being real with yourself I don't know if I can see myself in that yeah. role. Not that you don't want kids or yeah. you wouldn't try your best to be a good parent. That's right. But that may not be the suited role for yeah. you. And in our society being okay with that, like it's an ongoing conversation for generations of like this expectation that you have to have children and you have to do everything possible to make it happen. And let me just tell you, like you said, putting that med- all the medical stuff behind you If you are not passionate about being a parent, it's okay. Like, we are permissioning you today to to be okay. You get the one. You get the one. Like, you are, like, don't do it. Like, don't let people pressure you into that decision. And, you know, I've had a conversation with my friend Lachey on an episode, and we were discussing about how in marriage, like when you show up and you have a hard conversation and one person is saying, I want this, and the other person is saying, I don't want that, right? That's a real part of this whole navigating living child-free as well. It's not looking at each other as you're selfish. No, it's just let's navigate this one conversation we're being until honest with each other. Honest with and each other see, and seeing where this leads us, where, where we it can leads meet us. In the middle. Yes, where we can come in the middle with yeah. this where, decision. Where do we land at unity, mm-hmm. right? And so what I love is that you and Stephen have navigated. I mean, in four years, you've navigated like you kind of had to navigate some hard conversations out of the bat that most couples don't have to. Um, and so props to you guys for really navigating that. And I, I do love that about you and Steven. Like you may think totally different about a topic, but y'all talk about it. 
Y'all talk about it. And I love that about you guys. And and other people may not have a clue how much you talk about it. Because um, Steven's not, not a chatty dude, right? Not but he all. loves you. He's not that sentimental Yeah, yeah. No, person. no. But he loves you, Nisi. <laughs> he loves you. And I love how much he loves you. It's the cutest thing ever. Um, and I know he'll hear me say that and he's going to be like, I can't believe you said that. It's the cutest thing ever, but it is so, it's so sweet how much he loves you. And I think navigating those conversations in four years time and to be at this place where you've made this decision, like I want, I want people to hear that, like choose what is best for you and have the conversations till it leads to unity. And you guys have had to do that. You've had to navigate where now you're at a place of unity. And Jason and I are in the same place. We are unified in where we are in choosing to live child-free right now. So I kind of want to shift a little bit to talking about, and we, we've we had this conversation a few times, um, of as a woman, when you choose to be child-free, like how to live empowered in that decision. And I'm a little bit newer to that decision than you are, so you have really taught me a lot in like embracing it and and living like a beautiful life like I love how you live life like there's no holding Nisi back like she lives life and I've learned from that in making this decision so thank you thank you for being that way and and realizing it or not you've taught me um you've taught me the beauty of that and I'm super grateful because I actually don't have many people in my life that have had to make this difficult decision. Um, and then in making it, like walking it out in a way in which, yeah, there's still hard things and there's still hard days and still hard conversations, but you still live life beautifully. And so I just, I want to thank you for that. And I would love for you to share to the listeners today, like how have you chosen to live empowered in that decision? I think a, a, a big part of my empowerment has come from my spouse, my husband. Yeah. Um, That's good. Him showing me that, that it doesn't, me not, uh, us coming to the decision that we're not having children doesn't take away mm. from us. Mm. Doesn't take away from how he feels about me or the way he views me. That's good. Because I think a lot of women take that pressure and burden upon their shoulders. Oh, yeah. And looking at it as something that they've taken away from their spouse. Mm -hmm. Something that they have not been able as seeing themselves as less than like it's their fault it, seeing themselves yeah. as less than yeah for something that they could not provide mm. oh sis that is i mean i've literally just had that conversation <laughs> with jason like three weeks ago so like yeah that's real yeah <laughs> that's they, really real a lot of women look at it as, as yeah as something as something on their end mm-hmm. as something they could not provide yeah. And when you get past that and realize mm. that it's not, yeah, and you and your significant other come to that understanding that you guys are okay with that. Mm, I love that you and your significant other. Yeah. 
together. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. Because this, this, this whole topic is nothing without communication. Oh, you yeah, won't Nisi. be able to navigate it, navigate through it yeah. without proper communication. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just isolating and you're you're surviving versus thriving. Exactly, yeah. and and I think when it comes to the um, marriage and divorce rate, yeah. That's it's what huge. it comes down to. Yep. You know, not communicating. Yeah, that's good. How you feel when you go through things. Yeah. Not communicating properly yeah. when you have alternate views. Yeah. About something. Yeah. Um, mm. and, and you really got to get a grasp of it's okay yep. to disagree. Yeah. It's okay to disagree. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm a different kind of person. I have the mentality of, I may not agree with what you're saying mm-hmm. or what you, how you feel about this. Yeah. But I have that capability of understanding. Yeah. You are brilliant you at that. that. Yeah. Why you feel that way. I may not agree with it, yeah. but I understand how you came to that, yeah. that, that decision and why you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you you are brilliant at that, sis. Let me just tell you, like, um, I I've seen you walk that out. And granted, like none of us are perfect, right? Um, but you do do that well. Like you, not just with Stephen, but you do that well with with ev- everyone. <laughs> and we have a very opinionated family. Like, let's just be honest. We are all opinionated. It don't matter if you were born in the family or brought into the family. We are all opinionated, sure. at, which I absolutely love because it makes for fun family outings. <laughs> However, um, I think that that's something that I, I'm not as good at. And... Um, when you've come into the family, like you actually like observing that has helped me learn how to do that in our family. Um, and I love that. And I think, wow, again, so many beautiful nuggets. I'm not even sure where to go. Um, but I think the communication piece is vital because if we're not willing to communicate to our spouse, but, but here's the key, we have to let them communicate the way they need to as well. It learn cannot love language. learn, learn love the language love language. And communication yes, language. and styles. And if we'll both show up and do that, then when we face things like a decision to live child free, which is like a huge cultural decision for one, secondly, a huge decision in a marriage, I think if we can just keep talking, like that's what Jason and I keep saying, like, let's just keep talking. Let's just keep having conversations. If we're driving in the car, like, and we're thinking about something, let's not isolate it in our own minds. If we're out at the pool and we're thinking something like, let's just actually bring it up and have the conversation. It doesn't, and that's what most people don't understand. It doesn't have to be forced. No. It doesn't have to be, okay, babe. We're going to sit today down. at 2 o'clock, <laughs> we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this. I don't know about you, but that no. don't work for Jason. So I don't know about Steven, but that ain't going to work. <laughs> I think most men, they're not the biggest communicators. They're yeah. not the most sentimental or emotional. Yeah. And, and they're not, most men are not the type that's, that are going to come to you and say, babe, 
and just spill the beans and say, yeah, I'm exactly. This way, blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's a that's no. a feminine we, thing. We we have that's, to guide them a little. That's what we do. That's, that's right. That's we us. guide them. Yeah. So they're not. So we have to allow them to communicate in their capacity and in yeah. in their um, comfortable way. Yeah, that's and good. And all it takes is just natural communication. Yeah. Natural talking. It doesn't that's have good. to be be pressed for no. time yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Just talk. Well, and you know what? Something... Just talk. You'd be surprised yeah. by the end of your conversation <laughs> what you end up talking about yeah. and how you resolve things. Yeah. You will have resolved a problem that yeah. you didn't even yeah. start the conversation with the yeah. intention. That's about. good. I think it's too like being aware of the kind of questions to ask your spouse. <laughs> and then also, this is like going to be totally like vulnerable and just like a simple tip that Jace and I learned I don't know maybe like five years into marriage um the timing is key but not in like a complicated way and also the atmosphere so for example I learned five years in the best times to talk to Jason is when he's eating or when he's taking a shower he might be like what the heck I can't believe you just said that on your podcast but if he, if I know he's going in the shower and there, I can tell that he is pondering or there's like this weird tension. It's kind of like, um, the emotional version of being hangry. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sad that I get that. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> I think, I hope every woman will get what I'm saying. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like this emotional hangry thing. I don't know what to label it. But with that, um, I found that if I sense that in him, if I sense that he's wrestling, maybe he's a little extra crabby or maybe he's a little extra like quiet, whatever it might be, everybody's personality is different. Um, if he's taking a shower and I've sensed that, I'll just come sit right on the floor, lean my back on the, the little uh, counter and I'll start talking. How's your day, babe? Oh, yeah, it was good. I literally can get three questions out and bam, Jason's talking. And it's just, it's, it, he's relaxed. He's isolated. Like, let's just be honest. He's entrapped in some ways. That's not my intent of it, but it's real. She just told secret, Jason. Um, and then also, like, it's calm. There's no tension, there's no strife, there's no um, navigating awkward things. It's just is. And so with that, um, I think I found that when he's eating also, it's the same. He's focused on on eating, he's no longer hangry, Um, and we've just navigated that. Like, we are able to have some really good conversations in those moments. So sometimes I'm like, hey, why don't we go get something to eat? And I know that I my my goal is that we're gonna navigate a conversation. We're gonna talk, we're gonna talk and I know he will. Now, granted, over the years we've had to learn how to do that well, um, and he's he's had to learn. And and today's, or uh, there's a post that I'll be putting up um, in regards to Jason and his emotions and how he's learned to navigate them. And he'll be the first to tell you, like he still didn't navigate the conversations of his own emotions well. However. What is so key is what you said is like being able to just talk through it and realize that you can end up with some solutions 
if you'll stick with it. And I think that's what I mean by sharing that tip of like, find the time that your husband talked. Like, don't be so caught up in your own pain and your own decisions and your own emotions that you aren't aware of when your husband, yes, pay attention. Pay attention. I noticed that with Steven too. Like I noticed, I know when he gets home from work, Mm -hmm. that's when he's the most talkative. He wants okay. to tell you all about his day and yep. let all his frustrations out. Yep. Well, okay, while we're talking about this, let's, 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 let's just let's awesome. ease something else in conversation. See? Let's You're a smart ease, woman. Let's just ease something else in the conversation. You That's know? good. Or That's good. And, and also, it's a means to calm him down. Because yeah. whatever the situation is or maybe whatever the conversation we're talking about yeah. may be a little tension stressor. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Now let's ease it into something yeah, else. That's good. Hey, that's what do you good. want to do next weekend? Yeah. Hey, what do you want? Yeah. You know, let's yeah. let's let's just do this. Me and you. Yeah, that's Me good. And you. Let's let's do this. That's good. I love that. See, I oh these are like such practical tips that I wish somebody would have told me and I didn't have to fumble to figure them out. So I really hope someone's taking notes on this. Um let's kind of steer in um to okay, you have made this decision. You're a woman that lives in a culture that's not super um, educated on living child-free. What would you say to a woman um, to speak like empowerment? We were talking about this a while ago before we started. Um, What would you just speak over them? You know, what would you say to a woman who has or is making this decision? I would say a few different things. Go for it. Start out with your pity party. Mm, You're allowed to be in your feelings and feel the way you feel. Yeah. It's a loss. Yeah. It's a loss and you're going to feel it. Okay. Yeah. Have your pity party. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And then. Have a time frame. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Have your pity party. Then get up. Yeah. And look. Take that pity party into a celebration party. Change mm, it into. I love that. Change it into. Okay, this is my state now. Mm-hmm. What are the positive things about this new state? Mm, I love that. Just it's it's the same as the concept of taking changing a negative into a positive. Yeah. Changing that negative energy. Mm-hmm. Into something positive. Yeah. Okay. Yes, this is a loss. So I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna be sad. Yeah. I'm gonna feel the way I feel about it, and that's okay. Yeah. Now, all right. I'm picking myself up. Yeah. This is my new state. I'm not gonna be able to have children. Yeah. But what's the positive thing? That's right. I can travel when I want. Yeah. I can enjoy my husband in yeah. comfort. Yeah. And have that level of intimacy and connection yeah with him yeah without a distraction yeah anything outside yeah. i can put my 100% focus yeah into he and i yeah that's good that's beautiful because i think sometimes we see not being able to or choosing not to have children as there's a void mm-hmm. and you said this a while ago when we were talking offline and that was that we as women tell ourselves that our value is in if we have kids or not. And that's not true because what you just said is like, there's not a, it doesn't have to be a void that occurs. 
um, in what you're describing. It's, yes, have the pity party, step into celebration, and make it no longer a void. You know, make it no longer something that is a defeat. We as women live as though it's a defeat when we make this decision or when we are faced to make it. It doesn't have to be a defeat in you as in your femininity. It doesn't have to be a defeat as you as a strong, powerful warrior woman. It doesn't have to be a defeat in your marriage. It doesn't have to be a defeat in your legacy. Like that's one thing that Jace and I have been so determined in this decision is that this will not be a defeat in our legacy at all. It's just going to catapult us to create and shape a legacy that just looks different than what we thought. And so I love that. What, what, what would you speak over women and how to not let it define you? Whether you have children, you are an individual. Mm. You came in this world as an individual. Yeah. So creating another life doesn't change who you are. Yes. You're still you. That's right. Whether you have children or not. Yeah. And you have to remember that. That's good. You have good. to stay grounded in that. That's so good. You That's are so good. who you are. And you and, and even even for those in the mentality of those who have children, mm. you're still your own individual. That's exactly you right. You are who you are That's outside right. of being a, a mom. mom. Yeah. You are who you are outside of being a wife. Yeah. A brother. Yeah. A daughter. Yeah. A sister. Whoever. Yeah. That's good. You're, you are an individual. That's right. That's you were good. an individual first mm-hmm. before you got that title of yeah. mom. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I, man, that was good. That'll preach right there. <laughs> um, I think it's just helping people get past the stigma that it's a have to decision. Mm-hmm. No, I, yes, I have had a hysterectomy, so physically I cannot birth my own children. But this, this decision to live child free was not just because of that. This decision is because it's the right decision for us right now in our life. And I want the stigma to be removed that it was a have-to decision. And kudos to y'all for realizing that, that Mm. you guys realize, okay, this is not what we want, what we need in this phase of life right now. Yeah, yeah. Later on, we'll talk about it, we'll be open to it. But right now, this is not for us. Yeah, and to not have the looming pressure of like, even with the later on, like we've decided like, that's not even going to be a pressure in our present. Like, we're not even going to actually question that right now. Mm -hmm. We are not adopting right now. We are not going to use any other method in which to become parents right now. But we are also not questioning that right now for the future. If that was to happen, great. Again, our hearts are open to our lives being shaped and formed in the way that that our creator would have it be. But right now, we do not feel that we even need to go into the future to start thinking or processing those conversations. We are choosing to be child-free and happy and and life be fulfilled and fulfilling, you know? I think that's something that, you know, you and I talk about is like life is still fulfilling, right? Like we can still have great sex. We can still have um, great date nights. We can still have awesome friendships. We can still have a great relationship with God. We can still have, you know, our community of people that we, our family, we can still have all greatness. But in, even with that included, you can still do that with 
children included. Yes. You still make it a point That's to right. make children a part of yeah. your life and mm-hmm. activity. Yeah. I've got so many cousins, second yeah. cousins, third cousins. Yeah. I have my hands full. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're always yeah. at my mother's house. Yeah. So, I mean, if I yeah. need that. That's right. If I need that, I yeah. can get it. I, I, I love that you just brought that up I because can surround myself yes. when I because don't get me wrong yes. this is not to say that you won't have your that it's gonna be easy that's or right that it, you're not gonna have your moments where having a child's you love you wish it was different yeah that's right mm-hmm. maybe you you have that inkling of, that's of, right. of a moment where I you, agree you wish hey I wish this this could be my story too yeah. No, it's not saying that you won't have those moments. That's right. But when you do have those moments, hey, I can surround myself That's right. with what I need. That's good. I love that because, you know, we are pretty much like our, our closest community of friends. We are the only ones without kids. But I can tell you right now, if I need a little fix, I just call up one of my friends. We hang out. I'm like, bring the kiddos. Um, and I just, I love that. I think that's such a healthy perspective of like, there are going to be moments where there's a longing, right? Um, and that's okay. It doesn't negate your decision and it also your decision doesn't negate that, right? Um, but we can, we can, we can still experience loving a child. We can still experience pouring into a child's life or having a child run up, you know, our, our best friends, their kids call us Uncle Jace and Auntie BR. And when I, I was just over there, uh, I think it was two days ago, and I came in and they came running up, Auntie BR, and they hugged me. It was the most beautiful thing and I loved every second of it. People see, and people see it. Yeah. Like, I get asked all the time, because um, I'm I'm a big baby person. Yeah. So when I'm around, anytime I see, I have a baby around me, I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. Hold it. That's awesome. Hold it. And, you know, I get asked the same question a lot. They're like, do you have kids? Mm. Like, you're really good. People say, you know, you're really good with kids. Yeah. And I'm like, no. But people see that energy. People see that love and you pouring into that part or that aspect of your life. I mean, I, I took care of triplets from the time they were born yeah. in the medical field and I still see yeah. them today if yeah. I if I could go to their house right now yeah. and they all come running yeah. come running yeah. up and yeah. attack me yeah like it, it people see it well choosing to live child free doesn't make you any less of having a mother heart mm-hmm. not one ounce Jason and I Jason will have a father heart and I will have a mother heart our entire lives that's not going to change, and, and think, how you pour it out doesn't. I think people think that it n- making the decision to not have children will harden your heart. Mm. That's that's true. That's a huge if stigma. A de- if it's yeah. a decision that you, if it's a decision that's made for you, yeah, meaning you can't have children, yeah. they think that, yeah, you're just going to be this person that's completely closed off or Bitter. anti, yeah. Anti-children, yeah, anti-children. No. You know, no. they, you don't want them around. You don't yeah. want them in your home. And yeah, that's no, not true. That's not it. That's right. That's I think it. that's a choice, but I think, yeah, that's definitely a stigma that needs to be busted. Like, 
Jason and I, one thing that we've said through, you know, the last two months of walking this decision and then having the hysterectomy is we want to have tender, open hearts to everybody. We want to have tender and open hearts to each other. We want to not be the people that come out of this. Um, Cause to be honest, like it feels like we're cheated in some ways. It, a lot of the decision has been made for us, but we're left to be empowered to make the decision on how we walk it out. And when you're forced to make a decision like this, I think there is that stigma around it. And and I hope today that people will hear, no, there's still love inside of us. There's still love inside of you, Nisi. There's still the ability to mother and father with any young person or even, even other adults. Like we as adults need compassion and tenderness and kindness in moments of our life. And we can offer that mother heart in those moments. And choosing to be child-free does not diminish that one ounce. You can't not one choose ounce. what happens to you. You can only choose how you react to it. That's right. That's right. And there's such power in that. Well, I want to wrap up, even though we could keep talking about this forever. Um, but I do want to ask, like, is there anything else you would want to share about yours and Steven's story and how you've walked this out? Or just you as a woman, you know, anything that you would want to say um, so people can just have the permission and be empowered to make the decisions that they need to make. Um, I would say a, just a, a few literal individual words mm. come to mind. One, communicate. Mm. Communicate how you feel. Yeah, that's good. Um, I always say and think of it in the terms of you know, they, they say the word dummy terms. Mm. Think of it as everybody are dummies. Mm-hmm. They don't know how you feel unless you express it. Yeah, that's good. You know, we don't, it, it's like a, for lack of a better word, cultural appropriation. Mm. They don't know unless you tell them. They're going to automatically wow. assume that it's going to go over their heads. They're yeah. going to automatically assume that yeah. it's okay to say this or it's okay yeah. to, to act in this way Mm. unless you express to them that's good this is how that makes me feel yep yep and your road um when it comes to your road to acceptance Mm. um don't think about it as a negative yeah it's not a negative that's good and if you bring negative you're gonna get negative yeah period yeah. You bring negative energy in. Yeah. You're gonna get negative. That's right. Energy. That's right. So don't think of it as a negative. Yeah. That's really good. You know, That's if you right. think about it in a positive way, is that saying to totally block out the negative things about it? Mm. No. No. Like I said, yeah. have your moment. Yeah. And move on. Positivity is not denial. Right. You know, you're still going right. to have feelings, but you can still be positive. Right. Yeah. You're going to have your moments yeah. and deal with those moments. Yeah. By no means am I saying don't deal with That's right. Don't deal with those moments because yeah. that is a big that yeah. is a big issue. That's good. Yeah. You know, deal yeah. with your moments. Yeah. And move on. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. Man, there's I mean, we could literally talk about 5 oh, million man. different things. <laughs> um because I think this is such a untalked about topic um but I think for me I would just share like as a newbie in this decision (laughs) I don't have it all figured out and I think that's okay too and just to encourage people that 
it's like you said one communication one conversation at a time it's taking one feeling one emotion one moment at a time and one day one scenario at a time and just being okay with like a new pace and a new focus because that's where we are we're having to shift our focus and I think the last thing I would say is don't diminish the warrior woman that you are because you're forced to make decisions you didn't think you would have to. Um, Be a warrior woman and see yourself that way because it takes a warrior to make a decision like this. To make those decisions. Yes, Yes. it does. And it takes a marriage that is strong and, and steady and consistent to make a decision like this. And so don't minimize the warrior within you. Like I hope I hope that as we've talked today that women will hear that that they'll hear um that they can be a warrior. They can be a beautiful feminine um strong woman and be child free. And that a couple can be a healthy thriving couple and be child free regardless of the way in which that decision has come. And so thank you for coming today and sharing. I think Stephen for letting you come and share. Um, I tease Steven that he's my favorite because I just love that guy so much. And you guys are just a beautiful couple who are imperfect but doing the best you can. And I think that's all we can, that's all that any of us can do, right? Is be imperfect and do our best. And so I'm, I'm really honored to walk life with you. I'm really honored to have this conversation and I think there'll probably be more conversations about this um and just to speak life over the listeners today yeah maybe a few conversations speaking life over the listeners today of be empowered to make the best decision that you can for your life and be faithful to walk that with your significant other Thank you for listening to us today. Nisi, thank you so much. And I hope that we are able to see stigmas come off living child-free.